passage together before singing again. Um, which means I've got to get my notes up. <clears throat> oh, I've got to get my phone out too. Bear with me. Anyone know what I'm doing? Looking for your sermon? <laughs> good thought. Finding the best picture. Looking for some other sermon. Anyone got the idea? Huh? I'm looking for love. Tinder. I'm looking for love. That's what people do, isn't it? They go on Tinder, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you go like that for a no, and like that for a maybe. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, who would have dreamed? I'm speaking to the older people here because kind of like, you know. Um, who would have dreamed that there'd be an app where you can see a whole sequence of photos of people, and you either swipe left to reject them, or you swipe right to explore the possibility of love. Who would have thought of it? It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, I don't know whether it's wonderful or dreadful. <laughs> I just don't know what to think about it. Um, sorry? Cattle market. Cattle market, do you think so? <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, we did have cattle markets, but they were, they were discos. Do you remember? The discos were cattle markets, really. But hey, you know. Um, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Love is a big issue in life. It really is a big issue. Um, and it's always been a big issue. And that's why John says in our passage, uh, which I've now put away, um, he says twice, God is love. Did you notice he says that twice? Uh, first in verse 8, God is love. And then later on again in verse 16, God is love. Boy, was ever a verse unhelpful? Because whatever does he mean? What does he mean when he says God is love? Uh, now, for some of you, I'm sure there are alarm bells going off. Okay, it's going to be one of those kind of sermons. And yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we don't do them very often, but now and again, you've got to do them. So um, it's going to be a kind of sermon where we explore what John is talking about when he says God is love. Okay? Now, um, from time to time, I will pause and I will redo more or less the same thing in French, but without everything, okay? So you, you don't get everything, but you get a gist. Alors, um, on a parlé un peu de, de l'application Tinder, où on peut voir une succession de, de photos des gens, hein? et soit on, on fait uh, le geste, on, on, on uh, déplace vers la gauche uh, pour rejeter complètement la personne, uh, simplement de la photo, ou euh, on fait un geste euh, vers le droit, simplement pour dire « oui, peut-être, peut-être, selon la photo, et que la photo, hein? on n'a que ça, c'est ça, hein? c'est que la photo, et un petit peu, il y a un petit texte. » Je n'ai pas l'application, mais... Euh... Non, 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 non. <rire> Bon, tout le monde a un conseiller de, de, de la culture actuelle. Euh, bon, voilà. Um, 
on, on cherche tous à savoir et à, à expérimenter l'amour. L'amour, ça fait vraiment euh, euh, une grande partie de la vie. C'est quoi l'amour Et euh, dans notre texte, Jean dit deux fois « Dieu est amour euh, ». Le verset 8, il le dit, et le verset 7, euh, oui, c'est 16, je crois. Oui, Dieu est amour. Tiens, mais qu'est-ce que ça veut dire quand on dit Dieu est amour Ça veut dire quoi, en fait Bon, voilà, c'est euh, des messages comme ça où on va explorer, on va se plonger un peu dans le dictionnaire, dans la, la, la grammaire, dans la culture euh, biblique et tout ça. Bon, voilà. Mais euh, il faut le faire de temps en temps. On ne le fait pas tout le temps, mais parfois on parle de la grammaire et, tout, et toutes ces choses. Et ce soir, on va faire ça. Mais pas trop, j'espère. Um, OK, so God is love. <laughs> How many people here have any, ever done any grammar? Um, grammar's come back into fashion, hasn't it, thankfully? Um, so when I say God is love, what part of speech is love in that sentence? What is the, the role that that, um, that word is playing in that sentence? God is love. What is it as a part of speech? Sorry? Do you think so? Um, we're going to have a vote on it in a, in a moment. Uh, object. Okay. Um, Jacob says it's a noun. Okay, so we have three possibilities. We have an adjective, we have um, the object, and we have a, a noun. Now, the adjective, um, an adjective is something like big, yeah? Fast. Um, it's something that describes something. So um, it could be fat, it could be tall. All the team members have been told this week they have to be fat. Ask them why later on. Um, uh, bright, sunny, uh, cheerful. Uh, so that's an adjective. Uh, a noun is a naming word, a substantive, like table, chair, uh, air, light, um, heat. Those are nouns. And then object is like you have the subject of, of a sentence and the object. So the boy kicked the ball. The boy is the subject, the ball is the object. Who wants to vote for adjective? Well done, Charlotte. Stick to your guns. We got two and a half votes for adjective. Who wants to vote for the object? Okay, we're, we're doing better with the object. Who wants to vote for noun? It's a noun. Oh, we got a majority for noun. That's a big relief because I think it's a noun. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's a noun. And to give you an, an example of what I, what I think is going on here, I'm going to use another example, which works in British English, right? Now, in American English, it's different. But in British English, it works like this. If I say to you, James is fun, yeah? James is fun. Um, that statement might be true, or it might be false. But when I say James is fun, assuming it is true, what does that mean? Does it mean James is the source of all fun? Yeah? That... <laughs> Sorry, James. You can, you can take a horrible revenge later if you like. Um, oh. Does it mean to have James in your life is to know deep, endless fun? When James is in your life, your life is full of fun. Does it mean that? Does it mean wherever there is fun in the world, 
then that is a sign that James exists. <laughs> Does it mean to be shut out of James's presence is to lose all possibility of fun? <laughs> now, you know, poor James, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is sheer victimization. I really shouldn't do it. And, I, I, you know, kind of like, I'll never do it again, I'm sure, after what James does to me. But in a way, that is what John is saying about God. He's saying God is the source of all love. That from God comes all love. God is love. Love comes from him. You know, he's the source of all love in the world. He means that to have God in your life is to know deep, endless love. When God is in your life, you are loved. He means wherever there is real love in the world, it is a sign that God exists and that that kind of love comes from him. And he also means that if you're shut out of God's presence, then to be shut out of God's presence is to lose all possibility of love. That's kind of what John is saying. God is love. Now that should open up all kinds of questions in our mind. How come uh, we can say this about God? Yeah, God, a spirit. Um, God, the, the spirit who created the heavens and the earth. God, um, the source of all being. How can we say about God that God is love? Well, there's something really wonderful about God that explains to us how God can be loved. And that is unique to Christianity. It is unique to the Bible's revelation of God. God reveals himself as not being a simple being, but as being a complex being. There is one God, but God is not simple. He is complex. Now, in some ways, we have to say that God is simple. Yeah, The simplicity of God is a very important doctrine. But when we say that God is simple, we don't mean that he's uncomplicated. What we mean is that he exists uh, in three persons and always has and always will. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who have always existed and always will exist in a, a, an amazing relationship of love. Yeah, And this is what God is like. Now that is so important for us to grasp because it explains so much about us. Why are we so het up about love? Why? Why do we keep thinking about what we love and what we don't love? And why are we always looking for love? You know, well, you know, not all of us are using Tinder, but most of us are looking for love, you know? Um, why are we like that? Well, because we are made in the image of God. And God is a God who knows relationship. God is a God who knows community. God is a God who knows love. And right at the heart of the universe, right at the source of everything, there is relationship, there is community, there is love. And that is so important. When we look for relationship, for community, for love, it is entirely natural for us to do that because we're made in the image of the God who exists not in one person, but in three persons. Isn't that amazing? You can talk to anyone in the world who believes in God, yeah? But say that person is uh, Muslim. Say that person is Buddhist and still believes in some kind of God. Um, whatever religion people have, 
You can say to them, God is love, and explain to them why God is love, and, and how that comes from the source of the existence of God, and nobody has anything to offer like the God of the Bible. Nobody. In fact, you talk like that to some Muslims and say God is love, and their reaction sometimes can be quite um, violent, because um, they, they, you don't think of God like that in, in Islam. And so we love because we're made like God. And again, that's obvious, isn't it? I'll give you some examples. Do you think that German shepherd dogs have a kind of pining for the fatherland? Yeah? Do they think, well, I'm a German shepherd and one day I'd really like to visit Bonn or, uh, or Munich? Um, <laughs> they just don't think like that, do they? Do you think that Burmese cats pine for the pagodas? You know, I'm a Burmese cat. You know, how come I've never seen the pagoda? And yet we long for our homelands, don't we? Um, we're made like that. We just love things. Uh, whereas um, other creatures that God has made, uh, they're not made in his image. And so they don't relate in the same way that we do. We relate as people who are made to love. Alors, maintenant il faut expliquer ça un tout petit peu en français. Alors, euh, comment ça se fait que euh, je vais euh, oublier complètement le, la partie James Bon, voilà. Si vous avez compris, vous avez bien compris. Si vous n'avez pas compris, c'est pas grave. Euh, oui, tant mieux, en fait. Mais le, le Dieu de la Bible, euh, il y a un seul Dieu, mais quand on voit euh, dans la Bible ce seul Dieu, on constate que ce seul Dieu n'est pas du, du tout seul. Ouais? Il y a un seul Dieu, mais il n'est pas seul. Parce que ce seul Dieu existe en trois personnes, le Père, le Fils et le Saint-Esprit, euh, qui existent et qui vivent éternellement, depuis toujours, pour toujours, euh, dans une relation, euh, dans une espèce de communauté, ce n'est pas tout à fait la même, euh, le même euh, mot en français, mais le même sentiment, mais il y a ça quand même, euh, dans une relation d'amour. Alors, ça veut dire que les relations, la communauté, l'amour, c'est au cœur même de l'existence de l'univers. Et ça, c'est euh, une bonne nouvelle à partager avec les gens qui nous entourent. Parce que les musulmans, ils n'ont pas un Dieu comme ça. Ils n'ont pas un Dieu comme ça. Tu, tu dis à, à quelqu'un qui est musulman, Dieu est amour, et parfois, parfois, pas toujours, hein, mais parfois, la réaction est assez violente. Parce que Dieu ne peut pas être amour. Ce n'est pas possible. Parce que Dieu est seul et solitaire. Et nous, on dit, ouais, il y a un seul Dieu, mais il n'est pas seul, il n'est pas solitaire, parce qu'il existe en trois personnes. Et c'est pour cela que nous, euh, on cherche à aimer et à être aimé. On a besoin de ça. Il nous faut ça, parce qu'on est fait à l'image de Dieu. OK. What do we mean by love? Words, huh? Words. Man, words are difficult. Give you some examples. Um, which season do you love the best? Hands up those who love the spring the best. Hands up those who love the summer the best. Hands up those who love autumn the best. Or the fall, just in, uh, fall, not the fall, fall. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very good in American. Hands up those who love winter best. There's a couple. Yeah. Bravo, James. Yeah, I, I love autumn. I love autumn. 
Um, but I love spring best. You know, I love spring. Um, I love France. I love France. I, I, I just, you know, I think France is a wonderful place. I, I think if France didn't exist, somebody would have to invent it. Wonderful place. Um, I love you. Will you marry me? I love you. Will you marry me? Ed Sheeran. It's me, Ed Sheeran. Thank you, good night, I love you. Um, you look at your baby daughter, I love you. Your baby daughter says, I love you back. You know, when we use the word love, it means so many different things, doesn't it? What does it mean when Ed Sheeran, I don't know if he does this, you know, but some of them do, when Ed Sheeran says, thank you and good night, I love you, what does it mean? You can reflect on that and send me a postcard, okay? <laughs> um, when I say I love France, what does it mean? When I say I love you, will you marry me, is it the same as Ed Sheeran? Is it the same as me saying I love France? Is it the same as me saying I love cheese? I love chocolate biscuits. I love autumn. You know, we use the word love in so many different ways. And then you add in different languages, and then it becomes complicated. You know, who has said um, éventuellement in French to mean at the end of a long space of time? And who, who's French, has said eventually in English when they mean perhaps? You know, words kind of like, uh, it's not for no reason we call them faux amis. Uh, sometimes they trip you up. Grab, you know. <laughs> it's, it's really serious. When, Paul, when John says, God is love, what does he mean? What does he mean? Well, this is where we kind of get technical, and I'm not going to be technical for long, and I'm just going to say it and then leave it, okay? Uh, the Greek language had four words for love. I always forget the, the first one, so I put it down first, and I've got it written out. Storge. Storge. Funny word, isn't it? Storge meant family love. The love you have for your family. Then there was the word philia. Philia means brotherly love, and it also means friendship. And that's why we talk about being a Francophile, someone who loves France, a Francophile. Uh, eros. Well, we all know that word, don't we? Funnily enough, they sometimes use that word in a religious context. For those moments when just, you know, you're plunged in, deep into the love of God, uh, in Greek thought, that was an eros moment, when you experienced God's love, yeah? Um, but that isn't what John uses here. John uses a word that people didn't use very often. He uses the word agape, and lots of you know that. Why does he choose that word? Agape, that wasn't very often used, and it's so unusual a word that he has to explain what it means, okay? What he means by it. Well, he chooses that word because he wants to explain to us that God's love, when we say God is love, we mean a kind of love that is so different that you have to use a totally different word. Yeah? A kind of love that's so different that you feel obliged to define what you mean by it. Because it's not like these other kinds of love, you know, like family love, or I love France, or I love the autumn, or, um, or Eros, or that kind of love. Um, anyone remember using the authorised version? Did anyone here ever use the authorised version? 
Yeah, I'm an old debunker. I never used it. You know, I was converted too late to use the AV. I went straight to the RSV and then the NIV. Yeah, progressive. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it leaves its traces, doesn't it? Anyone remember what we have in 1 Corinthians 13 in the authorized version? Charity. Yeah. Why did they choose the word charity? The word love existed in English. Why did they choose the word charity? Because they wanted to make clear that it was a different kind of love. Yeah? It's a different kind of love. It's so different, you have to use a different word. You have to explain it. Yeah? Um, I'm going to pause there and um, do a bit in French. Alors, les mots. Les mots euh, sont très difficiles. Euh, et il faut confesser que les mots, euh, parfois, ça nous trompe. Et je vais utiliser une autre, euh, euh, un autre exemple. J'adore le fromage. J'ai euh, une, euh, une copine, euh, une amie, hein, euh, qui était étudiante. Et euh, si je disais j'adore le fromage, elle me dirait on adore que Dieu. C'est vrai, hein? On adore que Dieu. Bon. C'est comme ça. On n'a pas le droit de dire j'adore le fromage. On aime le fromage et on adore Dieu. C'est ça. Euh, pourquoi? Parce que quand on dit qu'on aime quelque chose, ça pourrait euh, dire beaucoup de choses. Comme j'aime la France, comme j'aime l'automne, comme euh, je t'aime, euh, euh, je veux que tu me maries. Voilà. Euh, <rire> ou comme euh, Johnny Hallyday, je vous aime, je vous aime. Ça veut dire quoi Je ne sais pas. Euh, en fait, alors les mots sont difficiles. Et c'est pour cela que euh, quand Jean euh, écrit ces mots, euh, God is love, ou Dieu est amour, il choisit avec beaucoup de, euh, de comment dire, euh, méticuleusement le mot qu'il utilise. Uh, il y avait quatre possibilités. Il y avait le mot « storge », ça veut dire l'amour familial. Il y avait le mot « philéa », ça veut dire uh, l'amour entre frères ou l'amitié, comme l'amitié. Uh, il y avait le mot « eros », on sait tous ce que ça veut dire. C'était utilisé dans un contexte religieux pour ces moments où on est, uh, on est uh, dépassé par l'amour de Dieu. Quoi. Um, et il y avait le mot « agapé », peu utilisé. Et Jean a choisi ce mot « agapé ». Pourquoi Parce qu'il veut nous dire que l'amour de Dieu, c'est différent. C'est différent de tout autre amour. C'est tellement différent qu'il faut choisir un autre mot et qu'il faut expliquer ce que ça veut dire. Ouais? Uh, we need to use a, a word of caution. Because love in the movies, you know, love in the movies is really interesting. Uh, there's love in erotic films. We know what that is. Um, yeah. There's love in the rom-coms. You know the romantic comedies. Sleepless uh, in Seattle and all, all the rest. I mean, the, the list goes on of rom-coms. We love them, don't we? We just love rom-coms. Um, we, we watch these things where people want to fall in love. Uh, there's, but there's another kind of love, isn't there? I'm thinking of films like Gone Baby Gone. Uh, or that film about a woman whose child disappears in an aeroplane. Do you remember what the name of that film was? No, me neither. Um, but, you know, love can turn 
a mother into a tigress. When her child is threatened or harmed, a mother comes out fighting. And woe betide you when you've hurt a mother's child. Yeah? It can turn a mother into a tigress. It can turn a father into an action hero. Yeah? Mild-mannered guys suddenly start breaking up the joint because someone has hurt their child. Now then, when we talk about God's love, we see something remarkable. God's love turned himself and his one and only son, yeah? So we're talking about uh, the, the persons of the Trinity, into a stern judge, a rigorous executioner, and a willing scapegoat. That's what our text says. And our text, and we took a long time to get there, is verse 10. This is love. John is saying, this is what I mean by love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. God's love for you and me turned him into a, a ruthless judge, a, a harsh executioner, and a willing substitute, a willing scapegoat. That's what God's love did. It caused the Father to send the Son. It caused the Son to willingly come and to choose the way of the cross so that we might be forgiven, that he might uh, exact his own punishment on our sin, that he might take his own punishment on our sin, and that we might go free, clothed in Jesus' perfect righteousness. God's love is amazing, isn't it? The love that turns a mother into a tigress, the love that turns a father into an action hero, turned our God into the God of the cross. And that's amazing. That is just amazing. The, the whole Trinity, um, because Jesus is sustained by the Holy Spirit, but the, the whole Trinity um, surges into action to rescue us from our sin and from its consequences. Uh, and the cross is the scene where the rescue takes place. And that's an amazing thing to think about, isn't it? What is behind the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is surrounding it? What has set it up? What has provoked it? What has made that happen? It is God's love for people like you and me. And so that's why um, John uses the word an atoning sacrifice. It's, it's a word of reconciliation, of reconciling the offended God and the offenders. That's, that's me. And that love then um, surges and, and, and goes into action just as much as any um, action hero or any um, furious mother. Alors, um, un petit mot d'avertissement, um, parce que quand on parle de l'amour uh, dans les, les films, uh, on voit qu'il y a plusieurs manières de, de, um, de, de démontrer l'amour. Il y a quand même les, uh, les films uh, érotiques, bon, ça existe. Il y a aussi les films uh, uh, des com comédies uh, romantiques, uh, et ça existe aussi, hein? on les aime bien, bon voilà, il y a ça. Mais aussi il y a une autre espèce de, de film, là où uh, on voit qu'un enfant a été peut-être uh, um, uh, blessé, peut-être uh, quelque chose uh, um, enlevé ou quelque chose est, est arrivé à l'enfant, 
et sa mère devient comme euh, une, est-ce qu'on peut dire une tigresse euh, féroce, euh, violente. Elle, elle, elle se lève pour libérer son enfant ou le père, il devient comme euh, euh, un héros d'un film d'action et il, il, il se lance pour euh, libérer son enfant. Et euh, c'est un peu comme ça dans l'amour de Dieu parce que l'amour de Dieu euh, a fait en sorte que Dieu s'est démontré, s'est lancé euh, en action pour nous libérer de notre péché. Ça a fait du Père un juge qui exacte une sentence euh, très sévère. Euh, ça fait de Dieu euh, un bourreau qui envoie son Fils à la croix. Mais ça fait aussi de Jésus euh, le substitut euh, qui, est, qui choisit le chemin de, de, de la croix euh, parce qu'il veut accomplir notre salut. Et soutenu par euh, l'Esprit-Saint, on voit que la, la Sainte Trinité se lance dans notre salut à la croix. Et c'est ça l'amour de Dieu. C'est ça. C'est pour cela que souvent on dit que euh, pour le chrétien, l'amour de Dieu, c'est en forme de croix. Ouais. On voit l'amour en forme de croix pour le chrétien. Yeah, I've got that in my notes in English, but I forgot to say it. So God's love for the Christian sometimes is defined as being cross-shaped. You know, sometimes we say that. You know, for the Christian, the love of God is cross-shaped. Uh, that's how we know it. That's how we recognize it, because it's cross-shaped. And so by that cross, um, uh, God woos us and he wins us. John says he loved us first, and we only love in response to his love. It's when you understand what he did for you at the cross that your heart begins to beat with love for him. Yeah? He woos you and wins you like that. Um, and so uh, that love begins to work in us and to transform us. It gives us new birth. We see that in verse 7. Everyone who loves, and John means in this way, loves like God, has been born of God. God's love gives us new birth. It teaches us how to love. Um, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Um, it makes us know God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. It's God's love that enables us to know him. It's God's love that gives us life. It gives us life. Uh, he sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. And then God's love reveals itself uh, in us. Verse, um, I've got verse 11 written down, but I think it's verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so God's love uh, goes to work in us and changes and transforms us. Alors, euh, L'amour de Dieu, on a dit que c'est défini comme euh, en forme de croix, mais en même temps, ça agit en nous, ça nous donne euh, la nouvelle naissance. J'en dis, bien-aimés, aimons-nous les uns les autres, car l'amour vient de Dieu, et toute personne qui aime est née de Dieu et connaît Dieu. Alors, c'est l'amour de Dieu qui, qui nous donne cette euh, nouvelle naissance. C'est l'amour de Dieu qui nous euh, enseigne comment aimer. Euh, ce qu'il faut aimer et de, de quelle manière euh, ça forme notre amour. 
Euh, verset 8. Euh, celui qui n'aime pas n'a pas connu Dieu, car Dieu est amour. Alors, c'est l'amour de Dieu qui nous met en relation en, avec Dieu afin que nous connaissions Dieu. Euh, l'amour de Dieu nous donne la vie, nous vivifie. Voici comment euh, l'amour de Dieu s'est manifesté envers nous. Je crois que c'est le verset 9. Oui. Euh, Dieu a envoyé son Fils unique dans le monde afin que par lui, nous ayons la vie. La vie. Euh, je, euh, Dieu nous donne la vie par son amour. Et finalement, euh, verset euh, 12. Personne n'a jamais vu Dieu. Si nous nous aimons les uns les autres, Dieu demeure en nous et son amour est parfait en nous. Alors, c'est l'amour de Dieu visible en nous qui démontre euh, la présence et l'existence et la, la puissance et l'amour de Dieu. So finally, um, do you want to know what love is? You know, if you want to know what love is, you got to look in the right place. There are so many different ways of understanding the word love and so many different interpretations of the word love. But if you really want to know what love is, I suggest you don't look, for example, at the stage when, um, and I don't really like using this example because I kind of like Ed Sheeran, but you know, when, um, I'll, I'll just pick a singer I don't like, but then some of you would like them. But when Ed Sheeran or Johnny Alliday is saying, I love you, you know, don't look there. If you want to know what love is, don't look there, you know, that is not going to help, is it? Where can you look to find out what love is? I tell you, if you want to know what love is, don't look at Tinder. You know, is that love? Is that love? If you want to know what love is, look at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look there and you will see a love that is so enormous, so deep, so profound, that John had to use a special word so that people wouldn't misunderstand him. Yeah? He had to use this word agape and then explain what he means. This is how we know what love is. Uh, God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And when you find this amazing love in the Lord Jesus Christ, this cross-shaped love, it gives you, it makes you be born. <laughs> it's like being born all over again. It's like your life begins again. Uh, it's like you, you, you receive new life. It's like you learn how to love in a totally different way. Uh, it's like it refashions you. This love takes you apart and puts you together in a whole different way. Alors, pour euh, vraiment connaître l'amour et pour savoir ce que c'est l'amour, il ne faut pas regarder Johnny Hallyday ou Ed Sheeran quand tu dis euh, « je vous aime hein? ». Uh, franchement, je ne sais pas ce que ça veut dire. Franchement, je ne sais pas. Mais quand on regarde la croix de Jésus, on voit un amour qui est tellement profond, qui est tellement énorme, qui est tellement puissant, que ça nous transforme, uh, ça nous renaît, ça nous donne une nouvelle naissance, ça nous donne une vie nouvelle. On découvre une, une vie nouvelle quand on comprend l'amour de Dieu en Jésus. Uh, on commence à comprendre ce que ça veut dire d'aimer. Vraiment. Enfin bref, ça nous, ça nous casse en, en, en mille pièces. 
et ça nous refaçonne. Ça nous refaçonne d'une autre manière. On est refait, renouvelé par l'amour de Dieu en Jésus-Christ. Alors, je vous prie, je vous supplie de trouver votre définition de l'amour dans la croix de Jésus. I plead with you, uh, please, when you think about love, think about it via the cross. Go to the cross to see what love is. And if you want to know what love is, that's where you go. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that when we think about it together, uh, when we look at your word together, we can only have the, the merest inkling of what it meant to the Lord Jesus Christ, so pure, so holy, so full of love, to be plunged into the depths of the wrath of God for our sin. And that because of God's love for us. We, we really can't even begin to sound the depths of this amazing love. But we thank you that though um, we can't fully understand, we can understand a little and we can see it. And we pray that you would enable us to see it by your Holy Spirit so that we may be reborn, remade, renewed, uh, transformed and changed into your image. People who know we are loved and what that means and people then who know how to love because we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.